What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got special guest Jason Lowy on the line today. How are you, Jason? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I want to give the audience, I, don't, I promise I'm going to let you do most talking, but I want to give the audience a real quick backstory on how I even got connected with you because I think it's relevant. So I've been using, you're, you're the designer of My Macros Plus, which is the software I use for tracking macros, and I've, I've been using your product. I've done like a screencast uh, walkthroughs of it before I ever even know, knew you, so I'm a well, big believer you. in what you're doing, man. <laughs> uh, thank you for the support. Absolutely. So g- give the audience a, a little little background on you and kind of what got you into this space in the first place. Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess from a, a fitness standpoint, you know, I've been I've been an athlete all my life. I've been uh, I played you know football, basketball, baseball, all that stuff, the the standard three sports. And then as that ended in high school, I went to bodybuilding, um, and I started um, I did my first competition when I was seventeen, um, back in two thousand uh, two thousand seven, um, and yeah, you know, I was hooked. I was hooked on it since then. Um, I was lucky enough to to win my pro card back in two thousand nine. Um, and you know, my love for the fitness and and health space continued to grow after that. But uh, you know, unfortunately, natural bodybuilding does not pay the bills. So, uh, yeah. professional professionally, I am a, a software engineer. Um, I got my master's in computer science from uh, from USC. Um, and you know, like everyone else that's a bodybuilder, I've gone through all the different diet tracking apps available. Um, you know, basically, you name it, I've tried it. And it got to the point where, as a bodybuilder, there wasn't really a product made specifically for our type of people. You know, everything out there at that point was mass market. Um, you know, you can only have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you don't get all these different nutritional breakdowns that I had to need. You know, I, I was buying a piece of software for a couple of dollars, and I still had to do all these manual calculations by myself. It didn't even make it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so dead set against making a diet tracking app because there were so many out there already. Um, but it got to the point when I was going for my master's that I, I wasted too much time. I had wasted too much too much money. And I wanted to get better at iPhone development anyway. So I just kind of sat down one night and made the first prototype of my Macros Plus, And that was over six years ago. And it's been growing strong ever since. That's awesome, man. I, the, when I pulled up, because I've, I've tried them all too. And the reason I even purchased yours is because I went to the website and one of the captions on there was, uh, there's just a little bio on you, and it said that you know, it, was, it was made by a, a bodybuilder. So I knew instantly that our thought process was going to be on the same same wavelength there, and I would probably get a lot of the tools and resources that I would need as a bodybuilder. So that spoke to me right there off the bat. Yeah, yeah I mean, honestly, the, the main reason I, the first main reason that I made it was because I just bought an app for $8. And I'm like, okay, this is you know, this is not a cheap app in terms of you know, relative to apps. Uh, it, but it's got to have everything. And the first thing that was missing was that it was missing the the nutritional totals per meal. And you know, when you're when you're in a diet phase or whatever, and you want to have 25% of your carbs or uh, not you because keto, but uh, <laughs> you know, 20, 20, 25% of your your carbs at your pre workout meal, and you're still having to do all these manual calculations by yourself, it doesn't make sense. And that's that's kind of the what the first driving factor was for me to make it. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty. I mean, I can't I can't pinpoint any one thing that I would change about it, man. Like it's pretty all inclusive. It, it it definitely satisfies my needs. <laughs> Thanks. And I, I definitely want to dig into that further, but I want to go even farther back uh, to kind of like your story. Um, sure. So you were doing you know all the the typical high school sports. What got you into bodybuilding in the first place? Like how did that become 
the next thing for you? So I, you know, I was, I ended up uh, stopping playing baseball and basketball in ninth grade because I was pretty good at football. Um, and, you know, I was planning on playing up varsity a year early. Uh, so I knew I had to get stronger. I was a, I was a kind of slot receiver and, and linebacker type person. Um, but you know, as a ninth grader, I have to playing up, playing the plan up on varsity the next year, I had to get a lot stronger. So I had a friend, uh, in one of my, my classes in ninth grade that had already been working out for a while and he's pretty big. Uh, so I just kind of picked his brain for the entire time that I was supposed to be playing, paying attention in class and basically started training, um, the spring of my ninth grade year in high school. Um, and honestly, from day one in the gym, I was hooked. I, I remember, I remember uh, my mom joking, saying that she didn't. She thought it was like just kind of like a fad for me going to the gym. Like, you know, one of those things that I'll do for six weeks and and stop. But uh, you know, f- almost fifteen years later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so so I got in. I got into. Uh, I got into lifting that way for football. And you know, I, I'm kind of obsessive with things when I get into them. Um, I think kind of is might be an understatement. But so I would go to the gym every single day. It was you know the standard story of of. The person that falls in love with the gym and gets really obsessive about it, I wouldn't miss a day no matter what. I probably went all of high school without missing a day. I would I would go to the gym in between two a day practices, which is probably stupid, um, but I fell in love with it that way. So I continued to lift all throughout um, all throughout high school, trying to get better for football. Um, I unfortunately had a couple or back to back season ending injuries. I I broke my leg in uh, my junior year of high school. Um, pretty badly. And then I broke my wrist senior, uh, senior year of high school. So once that was done, uh, once that happened, my football career was kind of forced to an end. Um, and obviously I, you know, I've been playing sports since I was you know, eight years old. So I had a very competitive drive that I wanted to fill. And I, I, I figured I loved body, I, I loved weightlifting. So kind of without much thought being put into it, I just went into my, into a contest prep. I, I read a couple articles online and then I'm like, ah, oh, this can't be hard. Let's just do it. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, 16 weeks later, I was up on stage for the first time realizing it was the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. It's, it's pretty similar to, to my story, too. It's it's crazy how much you you don't know what you don't know when you do your yeah. first show. I think it's very good not to know how hard it is your first time going in because I don't think anyone would really do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, after that, that experience, like, you just have, like, this, like, unbelievable willpower now. You can just accomplish anything. Yeah, and you know that's the thing. Like, I you know I I haven't actually done a competition in a couple of years now, but I'm so thankful that I had the time as a bodybuilder because it teaches you so much discipline, and you you get to the point of being lean where it hurts to lay down. You're so lean, and it's it's not a fun experience, but it's a uh, you know one of the hardest things that you can push yourself through because like it's so it's so easy to stop. Yeah, and the fact that you don't kind of says something about you. Absolutely. I mean, it's such a character building experience. I mean, to have food all around you and have the willpower to say no, even though yes. you're starving. I mean, it's just, I don't know, there's nothing really else that compares to it. Yeah, I agree. So what, um, I mean, from football training to bodybuilding, that's, I'm assuming the training style was quite different there, right? Yeah, a lot more arms in bodybuilding. <laughs> yeah, a lot more arms. <laughs> yeah, my, my coaches would always used to make fun of me when I was still training for football because like after the whole, you know, football weightlifting session was done i'd stay and do like flies and, and curls and stuff like that but like, like what are you doing Lowy? that's a waste of time i'm like ah, i like it but yeah no i mean bodybuilding i mean uh, football was more like you know power movements and and speed training and stuff like that uh and really focused on that but i i from the start i really 
went to more of a bodybuilding style training anyway because you know as I mentioned I, I one of my my good friends started before me and he was doing you know the standard back and biceps chest and triceps legs and shoulders repeat take a day off and that, that was essentially what I did for the majority of high school um even you know the 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 coaches for football basically knew that I knew what I was doing. So they kind of let me do my own thing, even when we had these structured weightlifting programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice. I kind of got to do my own thing anyway. Um, but then obviously once once kind of football guidance ended, I was able to completely do my own stuff. And, and that's where I started to experiment a little bit more. I, you know, Recently, I started doing powerlifting as well um, after my bodybuilding has kind of come to an end for a little while. Um, so, and that's a, that's a very big change. Do you think uh, so? So, how many shows have you done in total now? I think five. Yeah, I did five. I did my one, my first one in two thousand and seven, two in two thousand and nine, two in two thousand and twelve. Okay, so what? Uh, in your, now you're going pretty much full force into powerlifting. Uh, yes, I mean I'm on a little bit of a hiatus, but the last three years have been powerlifting. And and why the change there? I'm curious. So I was, uh, you know, last year, why the change to powerlifting or why the change to taking a break from everything? <laughs> no, no, no to, to powerlifting. And then so we can talk just, about from everything. Sure, we can talk about it all. <laughs> so I, you know, I love bodybuilding, but it's tough mentally in terms of those last, uh, you know, couple weeks. Uh, and, you know, I did my last set of shows when I was going to grad school. Um, probably not the smartest thing ever. So the last... I was uh, I was probably two weeks out during my finals of, of my second semester of, of grad school, um, and then after that, you know, I had one more semester of, of school, and then I was you know kind of going into the professional world, um, and I didn't want to take the mental hits that contest prep gives you. So, I, but I still wanted to compete in something. So that's when I started transitioning over to powerlifting. Very cool, very cool, and and you like that. Uh... Well, they're quite different. I mean, I, I tried. I played around with powerlifting for a little while earlier, or later in 2017. What, uh, how, like, how would you compare and contrast the two for you? They're both mentally demanding and physically demanding, but in very different ways. Like, I, you know, obviously with powerlifting, I'm never hungry, but I'm always achy. So it's very different. Um, I, I love it. Um, I've always been into strength. I've, you know, even though I've never competed before 2015 in powerlifting, I've always been into strength. You know, we had weightlifting competitions with football and stuff like that with our you know rival high school and i was always i love that um i've always been into lifting heavy i've always been into that stuff so i thought it was a really easy transition for me um i you know i needed something to fill that competitive gap i can't just kind of i get i get very complacent when i don't have a goal that i'm shooting for like it's very easy for me to go through the motions in the gym if I don't say, okay, I'm, I'm trying this goal. Even if it's just – I went through a time period where I knew I wasn't competing in bodybuilding anymore, and I got to the point where I was kind of like going through the motions in the gym. So I had to find something else to kind of get me motivated, and, and it definitely did. Very cool, very cool. What are some of the, the numbers you're pushing now? So my last competition was basically a year ago, uh, and I got a 551 squat, a three fifty seven bench, and a 606 deadlift. Damn, man, those are those are all pretty admirable. If you ask me, yeah, two hundred. I was two hundred twenty pounds. Um, How so tall are you? I'm six foot. Six foot. Yeah. You, you think you'll ever go back to the bodybuilding, or you think you'll stick with powerlifting now, or change it up again? If I had to give you an answer now, I would say no, just because of how busy I am with everything else. 
Um, but I, you know, you never know. I, it's, it's hard to say that I never will, but if you had to ask me right now and I had to give you an answer, I would say no. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, what about, uh, talk about like your, your professional career, like the software engineering, what, what, uh, how'd you get into that? So I've always, I don't know, I guess I've always been into computers and stuff like that. I was building websites in middle school and all, you know, uh, me and my friends had like a, a video game team that we used to play on and I built our website and just, you know, stupid little things like that. Um, but I, you know, I, I've always been into technology and I, I, I first, I thought I thought I was going to go to, um, college for, to be a dietitian because that's when I was like fully into my bodybuilding interests and stuff like that. And I tried it for a little bit and it was definitely not me. And then I switched over to computer science and, you know, honestly it was, it was night and day. Uh, I, computer science is the only thing that will make me forget about, eating. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, you know, so I went, I went to, uh, Binghamton university in upstate New York. I got my ba- uh, bachelor's. Um, I still didn't feel like I knew enough. So I went to USC for my master's. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. It. I just, I just love, uh, I love building products. I love building things that people use. I mean, the first time that someone kind of went, Oh, you're the guy that, created my macros plus. I'm like, Oh yeah. And it's, it's just like the coolest thing ever when you can build something that you know, people across the country or across the world use. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's dive into my macros plus deep, man. I want to talk about that a lot because I think that's a tool that could be applicable to anybody in this space or anybody listening to this uh, podcast for sure. Um, and not not to knock any of the other apps out there, but there's a couple of things that I think makes y'all your product stand out. Most of which is like the ability to, like I said, have more than one meal. Uh, show the ratios of that meal because like with keto especially i put a lot more emphasis on the ratios of the food you know like the ratio of your macronutrients and a lot of the the apps out there they don't even let you set macronutrient ratio goals so it becomes almost impossible to hit the numbers yeah or you need to pay a you know a premium to set them by grams yeah exactly which i think not naming I mean, any names or anything but <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be like my fitness pal is that what I'm hearing? i think so maybe <laughs> Yeah, and see, I started out at my fitness pal. It's kind of like just the most popular, and I'd use that. But I mean, once I got to keto, and it was like I'm going less than five percent, and it wouldn't let me drop below five percent. And there's always the ads on there, and it's yeah. just like, shoot. I mean, this there's got to be something better. And I think yours is just a one-time fee of what, like two, three bucks in the app store. Yep, yep. And we have a few other subscriptions that do different things, but we the the one-time fee of three dollars gets you basically everything that you need. Very cool. Very cool. That's, that's what I, I think. I've got the desktop version too, but yeah, the two ninety nine, three dollars. That's that's pretty much all inclusive for what what you would use. Um, yeah, and the reason we, you know, some people ask like, why isn't it free? Because my fitness pal is, you know, quote unquote, free to download. I feel like if people invest a little bit of money, it's not a lot, but if people invest a little bit of money, they're they're willing to give it a shot. Like, you know, if you if you downloaded a, a diet tracking app and there's one, for free and there's one tiny thing you don't like about it, you can just delete it. This you have some kind of investment, and I feel like the investment to your health lets people kind of stick around a little bit longer. No, I totally agree. I mean, three bucks for a one-time fee to have a you know quality app like like you're not sponsoring this podcast or like that, but I, I wanted to have you on because I I believe in it. You know, I think other people would benefit from it. Um, so yeah, I think it's totally worth the very minimal fee. Um, let's talk about the importance of tracking macros because this is I mean you and I both having a back a bodybuilding background. Uh, I think we could speak pretty much the same language here. Um, yep. So yeah, just kind of just talk about that. Like, why, why even why even bother with a macro tracker? So, 
you know, the first thing I'll say is that tracking your macros at the start is, you know, it's definitely not fun. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no way around that. It's takes effort. It takes time out of your day to, to remember to track, to, you know, weigh your food if that's the way you want to go about it. But, you know, I feel like the investment that it puts in your health is, is worth it. So obviously, you know, I forgot what the, the percentage is, but there's a huge percent of people, you know, that when they say they're, um, eating, you know, say 2000 calories a day, they're really eating like 2,600 calories a day. So that, you know, you're not going to be able to maintain your, your weight and your health unless you know what you're eating. Um, and that's where tracking your diet comes in. So I, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, much longer than most people. Um, but if I was never allowed to track my diet again, I would not gain a pound because I've done it for so long that I know I can, I'm very good at eyeballing what it is that I'm eating you know, the quantities that I'm eating and how that affects my daily diet. So it's kind of like learning a skill is the way I like to talk about it. So no one wants to track their diet for the rest of their life because it is, you know, it is, it does take a little bit of effort. So I suggest people to just stick with it for a couple months at the minimum. Um, obviously, if you're, you're doing a diet, you're going to want to get back onto it. But I, I suggest people stick with it for a couple months that gets you. That lets you learn really what it is that you're consuming. It lets you learn really what you know four ounces of chicken looks like versus you know six ounces of chicken, and things like that. And then after those few months, if you wanted to go back to a, you know an eyeball approach, that's probably okay. Um, but then come back to it every few months just to kind of reset yourself. So I look at tracking your diet as a as a life skill. Um, it's not something that you need to do forever, but it's something that sh- you should do to kind of learn that skill. I 100% agree. And like I've told, you know, all of my clients and, and people that are, you know, in this space, you know, if you're one of the good things about keto is you're able to eat instinctively. But with regard to, you know, changing your body's composition and pushing it past where, where it's natural to go or where, you're, where you naturally gravitate to that, I mean, you have to look at it like in a science experiment. And the more variables you have control over and can know, the more you can manipulate those variables to, to reach that goal. So tracking, I think, I mean, especially from a bodybuilding standpoint, like I don't, I don't cheat on my macros. Like once I have a goal in mind that's, you know, prepping for a show for five months, I, I set my macros, I change my macros weekly, and I hit those macros daily, period. You know, there's, there's you just remove that shadow of doubt, that what-if situation, and I think that's priceless. Yeah, and that's another thing that you mentioned is that when you put it in, when you set your goals up, you they're then in front of you every time you open the app. So you you know it's basically an accountability thing. You know if you're going over, you know if you're you know under eating, and it's really easy to equate why you're losing too much or not losing enough. Um, you know if you if you're trying to just eyeball everything from the start and you know oh it's, you know I'm eating everything I need to be eating. Why am I not losing weight? You might not be, and there's really no way to know that unless you track it. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I mean like 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 you said, you know you could you could be instinctive with it, but if you have that specific goal, there's just there's no no reason not to you know stick with that for the allocated time. And yep. also, like you said, the longer you do it, the more efficient you get at. It. I mean, you and I both like if I needed you know 25 grams of protein and 67 grams of fat to fill my macros. Once you track macros long enough and you kind of intuitively know what certain foods have in them, you can pretty much hit those macros within a three minute window of thinking about what you can use to fill that with. Yeah. And I also find it really helpful for when you go, you know, out to eat and stuff like that. So like, I'm, you know, I'm, I can basically tell you the, you know, whether this is pathetic or not, I can basically tell you the, the macronutrient content of any, any dish I get at a restaurant just by looking at it. Um, and the same thing comes for, 
you know, most people gain weight when they go on vacation and stuff like that. And, you know, I generally stay the same all the time. Um, it just lets, it, as I said, it, I look at it as a life skill. I think it's something that's very important to your overall health, just knowing what you're eating. Um, and that's why I always suggest, you know, learning how to do it properly. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and like you said, also, you know, people, they're very ignorant as to how much they're actually consuming unless they consistently track it because they'll, they'll have, you know, a handful of macadamia nuts, not even <laughs> think to track it. And that winds up being 600 calories and in no time yeah i mean you know almonds are healthy so you can just have two handfuls right it's it's you know people don't realize that that's a significant amount of fat yes it's you know you know quote unquote good health good healthy fat but like you know it is calories it, it adds up to weight gain if that's you know if eating in excess yeah i agree and it, there's there's like this uh thought going around in the keto space right now that you know calories don't matter as long as you're eating keto but i disagree with that 100 percent. you know you you can't there's a lag time, I think, with keto, but I mean, your body is is forced to adapt to whatever input and output you subject it to, so you can't get away. I mean, there's no free lunch, basically. Yep, I agree. So, so what's uh, I don't even know. I mean, I, I played around with your with your app daily, obviously, but what are some other features that it has for somebody that that wouldn't necessarily know? Um, so, uh, you know, obviously, some of the things that you mentioned is um. You can have as many meals as you as you would like. So let's say you just have, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner in in one app, and you know maybe a snack option. So here you can have anything. So I have a pre workout, post workout, you know, meal one, meal two, bed, you know, breakfast, whatever. It, it, you can have as many as you want. Let's say you for whatever reason you eat twenty small meals a day. Um, probably not the smartest thing, but we can account for that. So um, you can also have as many. Um, macronutrient goals as you want and kind of and and apply the one to the current day within you know a second so um, you can have a off day macro goal you can have a training day macro goal you can have you know whatever you want um, and then right on the, the the right side menu you can just tap navigate depending on which one which day it is um, another really cool thing that we do um, which I'm not sure if a lot of people realize is that when you add in a custom food or, or something like that it calculates it down to one of that serving. So let's say that you put in um, peanut butter. Uh, right, right off the label, it's you know 32 grams uh, per serving. Um, you know whatever the associated nutritional information is, and you would save that, and then it would save as one gram. And, and the cool thing about that is that it allows complete freeform entry moving forward. So you know on a lot of apps, it would then save as 32 grams rather than one. And then if you went back in the next day and say you had 19 grams, you'd have to do some crazy math in your head. Um, for us, you know, that's actually a feature that I t- developed in my kitchen because I was doing it the other way at first, you know, pre, pre-launch. And I was trying to put in some food. I'm like, this is crazy. I have to think about doing the calculations in my head. So I just made it so it would save as one. And then you can go back in and add it as any serving size you want without thinking, you know, thinking a single thing. I think that is a is a huge huge point, and like I do uh, I do like a, a weekly cooking video, and mm-hmm. I use your your tracker for that. Like I'll put in, I'll put in all the ingredients for what makes the entire batch, and then I'll save like I'll, I'll put it on a fresh day, so that day's got all that, so I can see what the ratios are for the day, yada yada yada, and then I can make that a recipe, and then when I do that, you know, I save it as whatever name I want it to, and then when I you know pull up that recipe and add it to a you know future day. I can just have it based off of, you know, how many servings that made. So it's, it takes all the guesswork out of it. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's the main thing is like so it goes back to my point of of tracking your diet not being that easy and not being that fun. So I wanted to make it as easy as possible because I feel like the biggest reason that people don't is because there is some kind of roadblock in the way. So I wanted to make sure that they can add their food, you know, in the 30 seconds that they're waiting for the microwave to finish. Yeah, exactly. And you've got like most you have like the scanner feature where you can scan the barcode makes it super easy as well. Yep. Um yeah, it's just it's good stuff, man. I, my audience probably thinks I'm just trying to sell your stuff now, but I, I truly, <laughs> truly believe in it. Well, I mean, it's super low cost. That's another thing. I didn't want to make it expensive. You know, I'm, you know, it, it, it's, it's very accessible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you, you've got, I haven't used it much, to be honest with you, but you've also got a companion workout tracking app, right? Yeah. So uh, about a year after the my Macro Plus came out, we came out with a workout tracking app. Um, similar thing. I was using notebooks for the longest time and I I would get halfway through and leave them in the gym and lose them. Um, so I felt it was the next logical step. I felt like something for people that are a little bit more serious about their training history. Um, that's why I let, I let people, you know, that's kind of where powerlifting helped me a little bit in terms of developing the app. So I, I allow people to put in things like RPE and mark of things or warm up sets and add notes and things like that. Um, one of the biggest things I found in the, the apps that were available at the time was that they didn't allow for supersets or anything like that. So that was one of the big emphasis, uh, points of emphasis when creating the app was that I wanted to allow people to add supersets as well um, and just do the similar thing that my macros did is, is allow people to easily get a deep understanding of what it is they're doing. Yeah, very cool. And, and you can export all the data because, I mean, a lot of – a lot of people in this space are, are data geeks, uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm included in that, that sphere. But you can export it all, put it into a spreadsheet. Um, like I've got all of my data from when I did my last competition prep this, this past year. So I've got – I can look back and see, you know, at, at this stage, you know, three weeks out from the competition exactly what my macros were and then kind of compare that to, you know, future competition preps. So I just have a lot a lot more frame of reference. Yeah. Um, and another cool thing that – I think just recently happened is uh, I've had David Korsunski on here before of Heads Up Health, and I, I had him reach out to you, and, and y'all have been in you know in connection to make them sync up, correct? Yep. Yeah, so we actually just partnered with his uh, company. That's something that we're trying to do more often now um, is sync up with other health-related companies in, in terms of, you know, obviously – what you consume is a huge part of, of your nutrition of your, your overall health. And, you know, there's other companies that optimize things in other ways, like, um, you know, and, and, and focus on other things rather than just what you eat. But having that information would be beneficial to their overall system. So we're trying to partner with more people. And, and David is one of them, um, with his, with his platform. Um, he's able to use those, that information to, um, you know, I don't want to butcher butcher what he does, but use that information to help uh, display data for other markers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've recently started using his, but basically, you know, it pulls API data from, you know, like your Quest Diagnostics or any manual data you put in or from your Fitbit or something like that. And it, it makes it all on like a, a single platform. Uh, but the cool thing about y'all syncing up is now rather than me having to put in my macros through your app and then turn around and manually add them into his it automatically syncs and I don't have to put them in one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing like this, there's so much, so many options out there in terms of like health reporting apps and stuff like that. Is that like, 
you know, it's kind of similar to what Apple is trying to do with their Apple Health uh, dashboard is that if they can all talk together, um, you know, cohesively, then you'll get a much better picture of your overall health and how things play into one another. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, since you're kind of in that space, like what other cool, you know, biohacking or data tracking apps are out there that, that you're aware of? Um, anything new and exciting that might be noteworthy? I mean, the, besides, you know, the stuff that I'm, I'm working on, the coolest thing that I have been doing is trying to use the Apple Watch for sleep stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in that because I don't sleep enough. So I've just been wearing my, you know, I don't do it as often as I, as I should, but I've been wearing my Apple Watch to, to bed and tracking my, and trying to figure out how my, you know, late night activities in terms of, of diet and, and like, you know, caffeine consumption and stuff like that plays a role into my sleep quality. Um, you know, I sleep very minimally. So if I can improve it a little bit or, you know, like 10%, it would be huge. Have you heard of the, uh, the aura ring? I think so. That's the fitness tracking, like actual ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a lot, it picks up a lot more data than like a Fitbit or like the Apple watch. Like it really? gets the actual, uh, HRV and everything, uh, and the time in between, um, so you're going to get a lot more detailed data with that than, than the Apple watch. They're expensive. I think they're like, I don't know, 200, 300, 400 bucks, but, um, they're all, you know, waterproof. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have one, but I want to get one because it just collects a lot more accurate data. Interesting. I'll take a look at that. Uh, yeah, I just, the, the reason I, I try to stick to like Apple products is because of the, all the apps that support them and stuff like that. Like there's this really, I forgot, I think it's called auto sleep is what I use to, for sleep tracking, but it tells you like your deep sleep qualities and stuff like that and it's uh but i'll definitely check that out what uh with regard to sleep i'm, I'm always curious cause i don't sleep enough as it is either um have you kind of played around with any practices or techniques or implemented anything that's improved um i've i've very drastically decreased my caffeine consumption um and that has actually helped significantly so i would i was the type of person that would drink like you know, eight to 10 cups of coffee a day and have a pre-workout and sleep four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably about two months ago, I just completely stopped. So I just one day decreased from that much caffeine to a half cup of coffee at breakfast and just figured I'd try it. And my, uh, my sleep quality, I feel is a lot better. I wake up a lot more rested in the morning because I'm not having a cup of coffee at 9 PM. Um, Surprise! That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, I feel like that has played a huge part. Um, I think the really big thing is just not having any caffeine after a certain point, and it you know it took me a long time to to kind of I, I don't want to say realize that, but just to come to grips with that. Yeah, I, I used to drink a lot more caffeine than I do. I, I drink a lot of coffee, but I mean I don't take any pre workouts or anything. I used to take caffeine pills like candy. Um, yeah, it's just too much caffeine can definitely catch up with you. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I, I, it, it got to the point where it wasn't really waking me up anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like, okay, you know, that's enough. And I just, fr- from one day to the next dropped it, you know, 95%. <laughs> Did you go through any like withdrawals or anything? I was tired for the first couple of days. Um, because the first couple of days I went completely nothing. I just went to like tea. Um, and then I introduced back a half cup of breakfast and that was kind of like, that's what I found was good. Uh, it, it was a li- it was just a little tired. I never got headaches or anything like that, which is kind of surprising because of how much I was having, but, uh, no, it was just a little, little grogginess for the first couple of days and that was it. Huh. I, I get splitting headaches if I go 
a long period of time without you know more most or less people, the same most people do, and I'm surprised that I didn't. But I, I, I yeah, I just I don't know. Huh, yeah, you're you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> Anything else? Any other uh, techniques you've implemented? No, I mean, sleep is not one of my strong points and not something that I would try to act as a, as a, you know, guru for. I'm not very, I, I sleep as little as possible. Although the thing I was, the reason that I stopped for a little while tracking my sleep with the Apple Watch is because I got to the point where I was trying to outdo myself with how little sleep I can get, <laughs> <laughs> which is not really the point of it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be up working till like two, three in the morning and then wake up at seven type of thing. So yeah, that's that's not good. I'll catch up with you, man. <laughs> yeah, especially you know the the thing with switching over to powerlifting, you know, they're a little bit more intense workouts than bodybuilding. So I would need that extra hour of rest, and it got to kind of a tipping point where I, I kind of had to take a step back and reevaluate my sleep practices. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, what 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 are you staying up till three o'clock in the morning working on the software engineering stuff? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything uh, new and exciting in that? Like, what are you building now? So, I mean, I'm sure you noticed, but we, what we came up with about two months ago was something called Macro Coach. I don't know if you saw that that tab pop up on your on your app. I did, yeah. So, what that is is basically an automated uh, macro recommendation tool. So, we worked with a couple. Um, are you familiar with Katie Rutherford? She is the WMBF World Champion as of two months ago. Uh, not, I don't know her personally, but yeah. So yeah, so. So we, um, we've had the opportunity to sponsor her for a couple of years now. And when we started thinking about coming out with this feature, uh, we reached out to her. We reached out to um, uh, an RD from, from, U, from my alma mater from USC. And over the past year or so, we've come up with these, these set of algorithms that helps people. Um, basically, it's, it gives them uh, recommended macronutrient goals to re- targets to reach their goals. So if I come in and say that I want to, uh, you know, lose weight fast, um, here are some information about myself. It'll give you macro, macro recommendations, and then every week you'll check in, and based off of your progress, based off of your macro adherence and all that stuff, it'll adjust them for you. So if you're, you know, gaining too, uh, losing weight too fast, or gaining weight too fast, depending on your goals, it'll it'll adjust for you. If you're not gaining or losing fast enough, it'll adjust in the opposite direction. Um, and we built that right on top of my macros plus. So uh, the check-in process is basically automatic, and it's super accurate since you're locking your food right into it. Is there like different types of dieting protocols, or is it just like a like a? So currently, it's just over. It, there's no you know keto option or anything like that. We wanted to release it with just kind of general dieting guidelines, um, you know, the the, very, the general um, uh, recommendations in terms of percentages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually, in the future, we want to introduce other stuff like that. But it's a little bit down the line. Very cool, very cool. That's exciting stuff, man. So obviously, with keto, there's a lot of various things you have to take into account, and you know, for version for the initial release, I, we didn't think that was the best way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, no, just kind of. Have, have that as an opportunity down the road yep well very cool man what what uh what else you got working on you taking a hiatus from powerlifting too you said right yeah you know i had some i had so last year we were a uh national sponsor for the usapl so the the powerlifting organization that i compete in mm-hmm. um so after my competition in january my plan was to you know train for the entire year and get ready for raw nationals in October because I thought it would be really cool to lift in front of a banner with our logo on it. Um, I basically spent the entire last, last year 
recovering from injuries. <laughs> so uh, I had I was like on set. I was you know PRing every single day in the gym. Come May, I was you know as I mentioned, my last uh, max lifting competition was five fifty. So I um, doubled five thirty five like easily in the gym. Come May, um, but then you know just injuries started compounding. I was trying to rush myself back so I can get ready by October and I'd get more injuries. So I finally just took a step back and I'm like, okay, this is not going to happen. I need to finally recover. Um, and at that point, that, that was around the time when uh, we were getting the finishing touches on that macro coach feature. So I'm like, you know what, I'll take, a, I'll take the opportunity to kind of put my money where my mouth is and test this feature on me. Um, I'll drop some weight. Not good for the powerlifting goal, but I, I, you know, it's much more important to be able to fully trust our system. So I, that, that's why I've been taking a, you know, I plan to take a little bit longer break because I'm still using that um, to drop weight. So when I try to lose weight, the powerlifting goals kind of take a, a backseat for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you're still training and everything. You're not. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still training five days a week. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I, I use the the macro coach feature to drop from two thirty to two ten. Um, nice. So I, I'm still, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not at bodybuilding lean yet. So <laughs> very cool, man. Very cool. I'm about to go uh, train legs after this podcast. Do you have any kind of words of wisdom from a training protocol? Kind of having a background in bodybuilding and powerlifting. Um, I just I love lifting legs heavy. I mean, I don't know if that's you know. I have nothing scientific to say about it, uh, but I just love – there's there's nothing better than heavy squats in my opinion. I think, uh, and that might be the, the bro coming out in me, but I just – you know, I love uh, I love sets – anything above sets of five I hate. <laughs> you know, I, I have there, – there's a lot of bro science out there, and I, I generally turn away from yep. that. But at the same time, there's something to be said for just like putting the science aside and just giving it your all. Like don't worry about – the ideal rep range, don't worry about the ideal weight, just push yourself as hard as you physically and mentally can in that moment, in that set. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, because, you know, and and also I feel like every three years, everything from three years prior is getting discredited anyway. So (laughs) I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I I feel like the biggest, the most important thing I tell anyone is don't necessarily, obviously you want to research and learn, but the best thing for a training program is it to be one that you enjoy because you're most likely going to stick with it. Yeah. Like if you like doing, um, you know, it, obviously if you're not trying to be a bodybuilder or a powerlifter or whatever, if you only like doing legs, you know, once every other week, probably not ideal, but if it keeps you going to the gym and keeps you active, fine. You know, the, the biggest thing in terms of any of this health related is consistency over a long period of time. Like I, I made a, you know, an Instagram post on our, on our my macros page last week and what i said was going 75 percent the entire year is much better than going 100 percent for two weeks and quitting the I biggest agree. thing for any training program is just consistency and you know it as a as i mentioned earlier when i was in high school and i first started getting into all this i was obsessed i would not miss a day no matter what I, if i had the flu i would still go to the gym and that's really probably not the best <laughs> the best thing to do um you know using you don't want to take a day off just because you're lazy but take a day off when it's necessary to take a day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the consistency thing. Like, so much about nutrition and training, it's not even sexy. It's just, you know, you, you do this on a day-to-day, you have a routine, but that compounded over one year, two year, three year, ten year, I mean, that's where, like, you really start to see, you know, the gap widen and, and making progress. 
Yeah. It goes the same thing with, with diet. Like when people that, um, you know, obsess over eating, you know, perfect every single day, you got to think if you have, let's say you eat five times a day and you have, you know, two kind of off plan meals a week, that's still percentage wise really good. Yeah. And if you do that for, you know, as you said, five, 10 years, you're going to be in a great spot. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. What, uh, what's your favorite lift, favorite primary compound movement? Squats. I love squats. <laughs> All right, we're speaking the same language there. What uh, What's your philosophy towards squats? Do you go, you know, parallel? Do you go below parallel? What What's your take on that? Um, I go parallel, um, and then obviously, if in competition, I try to. I as I get close to a competition, I drop it maybe another inch or two, just because you don't want to give the the refs any opportunity to call you on that. I've never gotten called on depth. I don't think I've ever gotten a, a single card on depth. Um, and then in training, I yeah, in training, I, I go parallel um i feel like there's no reason not to to go parallel and it goes above i feel like you're doing it wrong because you're missing a lot of a lot of accessory muscles that you could recruit a ton um yeah but then you know i i'm also a a ref with the usapl and i've seen people like a way too low and it's just not necessary i go i go as low as i can but i'm doing it for the bodybuilding i don't need to go that low for powerlifting right by any means um yeah different uh goals have different you know requirements but yeah i I get i don't want to say frustrated because i just look like mean but people that and some people are just ignorant but they they don't squat near deep enough and if they're not doing anything for themselves they the ego lifting you know comes into place (laughs) and they want to put another 45 on there but then only go you know a third of the way down it's just they're not in themselves any favors no they're not (laughs) but you know we i feel like we've all been there at one point in my life you know Thinking back at the first, you know, I was, I, I want to say, I w- I'll say lifting, but I, I you know, I, I, I say that term loosely, but I was lifting four, uh, 405 on squats in like 11th grade. But, you know, looking back, I probably was not getting close to parallel. Um, you know, I feel like we've all been there at one point, and it's just unfortunate that people don't get that out of the way at a younger age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I vividly remember putting I think five plates on the bar when I was you know junior or freshman in college and uh you know thinking I was all big and bad going down (laughs) third of the way and then I started working out with some older you know bodybuilders and they had me drop it to 135 and uh, go way below parallel and I I couldn't even compete with them you know yeah I mean but in the long run in terms of like muscular development that is probably much better results Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And and now hurt I mean, the it ego, all bounces but... back. Yeah, it hurt, hurt the <laughs> ego. I was I was humbled for a while, but I mean now I can get the depth and then some and I've worked back up to that weight and it's like I don't have to never second guess myself, you know? Yeah, and you have no one making fun of you under your under their breath at the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um well, Jason, I know you're busy, man. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but uh where can people go to find out more about you and kinda of what you got going on? Sure. So, I mean, if you want to follow uh, me on Instagram, I'm not the most exciting follow. You can follow me at Jason Lowy on Instagram. Um, I mostly just post pictures of me lifting and my dog sleeping. Um, nice. And and then for my macros, go to my.macros on Instagram. Um, we try to post a lot of useful information in terms of, of dieting and, and health and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions about anything, whether it be diet, weight, uh, you know, weight loss, whatever, um, or software engineering and entrepreneurship, email me at jason at getmymacros.com. Uh, I love talking about this stuff. Oh, man. We'll, we'll have to have another podcast that's dedicated just to entrepreneurship, man. I, I can talk about that all day long with you. <laughs> sure thing.
Well, Jason, it's been a pleasure, man, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. We'll keep in touch for sure. Sounds good, yes. Thanks for having me on. You bet. See you, buddy.